0: This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace.
1: And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? I'm a little concerned.
0: We might be. So uh, we had a very... It was a very fun two days of the draft. Obviously, the first day was just the first round, and the second day was rounds two through seven. Uh, just a quick thought on the first day. That was just
1: crazy. It was first fun. I, most of the time, I've kind of been like, you know, whatever at the draft. But um, that first, those first 10, 10 rounds, 10, 10 picks were interesting. There were trades. There were. Interesting picks. I mean, Shane Wright dropping to fourth was astonishing. I don't know how I feel. I think if I was Montreal, I probably still would have gone with Shane Wright. I still think he was the best player in the draft, regardless of how um, Slavkovsky played in the Olympics. I still think Shane Wright was better. Uh, The devil's needs dictated that they'd take Nemec at number two. Um, I, I would have thought Logan... Arizona was going to yeah, take. I, I don't believe Logan Cooley is better than Shane Wright. I don't believe that at all. I, I feel as though Seattle probably had a, a gift given to them here for sure. Um, they basically got the what most people considered the consensus number one prospect at number four. So you can't complain if you're Seattle, that's for sure.
0: I'm sure Ron Francis was happy, though, when he pits Shane Wright.
1: Oh, um, absolutely. You know, Ron Francis loves to draft players, and he's a great draft general manager, as Carolina fans know. Um, I saw, I've seen some things recently that they think, you know, Seattle's going to get Malkin. Oh, my goodness gracious. Grow up. If you want to know what kind of general manager John that D- 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 Ron Francis is, look at Carolina, he hasn't signed a notable, he never signed one notable free agent in his entire tenure. Not a single one. I think maybe the only one he did, I don't remember if Justin Williams was Ronnie Francis, but... Um,
0: that was that was uh, Ron
1: Francis. Okay, With Justin so there's Williams. one. Other than that, Ron Francis <laughs> didn't do a single notable tenure other than draft some really great players, and he's a great general manager for drafting is he's, he's phenomenal at it, but don't expect Seattle to make any big splashes in free agency. I, I think that's a fool's errand unless Ron Francis has learned or changed.
0: Yeah, possibly. And I, and I do think Seattle's taken that rebuilding approach. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's
1: sad too, because honestly, they've got the, the, the cap to, to bring in if they really wanted to Malkin and, uh, Bring in a uh, basically anybody available. They could become a contender through free agency if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, they pause the could.
1: organization what they deserve, but they won't do it. Not at not at one. I don't believe Ron Francis will be who gets them into the playoffs, but he will be who builds the franchise to uh, give them a good uh, uh, group of core young players.
0: Definitely. And speaking of Seattle, I I even saw uh, Jeremy uh, Brookheimer there because he's the one of the owners of Seattle mm -hmm. and I thought that was pretty cool because he's known for the movies of Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, more Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um but yeah and for those listeners who don't know uh we are recording Sam over Zoom uh because I am away at a cousin's wedding and he's still in North Carolina so um but yeah so not only Shane Wright dropping in uh the draft, but you also had tons of trades going on. Um, before the yeah. draft, uh Colorado kind of made up its mind on Darcy Kemper kind of leaving yeah. when they got Alexander Georgiev
1: from the yeah, Rangers. That was a surprise. Um, I was kind of taken back by that. I thought Kemper was good for them. I thought maybe they would go with him again, but I can see it too. Colorado has a lot of players who are very, very good, who are probably going to want pay raises at some point. Kadri,
0: Burakovsky.
1: I don't expect Kadri to stay in Colorado, but um, it's possible. I mean, it's possible they all stay, but Colorado, I would say they only have, I think, 5 million more in cap space than we do. So, you know, basically, if we got rid of Gardner's contract, we would have about the same amount of money they would. So, I get it. Georgiev is going to be a cheaper contract for them. And He's I like Pavel Francois. Yeah, I mean, and, and if Georgiev doesn't work out, they do have him. So, I, I don't think there is a, a an issue for goaltending there. Other than maybe an unknown of if they want Georgiev to be the number one, is can he can he do it?
0: Yeah, that's the question. I have more faith in Pavel Francois personally than Georgiev. I, as do I. Um but I mean I think that's a good solid tandem for Colorado who has a lot of contracts expiring. And I just found out mm-hmm. they have twenty five million dollars.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. So yeah, Carolina's got about twenty, so like I said, not not you know similar similar teams. I, I believe Carolina, if they bring in a goal scorer, would, would be pretty close to equal to Colorado in the ability to do what they've done. So, um, I mean, then so then on to what I consider to be a shocking trade. Um, I, I expected it to come. I expected DeBrinket to be traded from Chicago. I expected him to go to New Jersey. In exchange for that number two pick they had, but no, yep. Ottawa makes a huge, huge deal, and trades their first round pick, second round pick, and a 2024 third round pick. Shocker! I would have thought Shocker. they gotten more. To I expected be more. That's seen. That's what I think. Elliot Friedman had reported, and a lot of people reported that they were expecting like two or three first round picks but Ottawa got better overnight to the point. So I had seen some rumors that maybe Ottawa was going to make a play for Giroux. And my mind was like, no way he wants to win. Getting to Brinkett puts Ottawa in, I think contention for a playoffs, but I still don't think they're a team to win even with Giroux, but it, it definitely makes Ottawa a more appealing place for some free agents to go. Yeah,
0: it definitely does. And, um, Chicago, they made a lot of noise by trading to Again, mm. I don't think Chicago should have traded to because he's still no. young, 40 goal scorer.
1: In my oh, opinion, man. I think Chicago had one of the worst draft days because you know uh, we'll, you know Montreal had a great one. We'll, we'll kind of briefly skip over. Montreal acquired a first from the Islanders. Not a big move. They traded Romanoff in a fourth to get the first. Nothing you know flashy there. Montreal's in a rebuild. But Montreal sped up the rebuild by, in my opinion, they flipped that 13th overall pick from the Islanders to get Kirby Dock. I don't know what Chicago's general manager smoking there. Kirby Dock was a fantastic player for them. I expected well, he's been- him to be their replacement for, for Taze, and I, I don't understand. I don't get where where Chicago is coming from here. I get rebuild, but you want to rebuild around a core group of young players, like to bring it like doc. So I I don't, I think they have a lot of explaining to do to their fan base. If I was a Chicago fan, yes, if I was a Chicago fan, I would be livid.
0: Yeah, I would too. And I, I also just wondered like um, Kane and Taves, their reaction to that.
1: I've heard Kane could be out too. So do they trade Patrick Kane? If they trade Patrick Kane, who do they have? Taves Taves is on the other side of 30. He's not been very good lately. I mean, he's been okay, but he hasn't been stellar. Patrick Kane has been amazing as always, and I know no reason to expect that's going to change. But, you know, if they were to somehow be able to unload Taves and Kane, what do you, what do you tell your fans? What are you going to do? Yes, you get 20. I think it's like a combined over 20 million in cap if you deal both of them away okay, well, then why did you want to give that money to DeBrincat and Doc? Yeah. So that's stupid. I think Chicago is making a lot of mistakes. I think their general manager um, is making a lot of mistakes. I think their owner is a crappy human being anyway and a pretty crappy owner, but a lot of people don't like Chicago for, for a lot of reasons, and I think most of them are justified. And their fans are, I'm sure, not happy with these moves.
0: Oh, I wouldn't be either with uh, the moves they made, um, and of course, I think Arizona. I thought they had pretty decent draft day with them getting eleventh yeah. pick. They get Connor Geeky, who's the brother of Morgan Geeky.
1: Yeah, which is yeah. I mean, and Arizona's Arizona's in a rebuild, and they they aren't looking. You know, the only their best player probably is Clayton Ke- Clayton Keller. Yeah, and I would be surprised if they moved him. Um, they're trying to rebuild and they're probably gonna rebuild around him to a degree. Um, uh, Chickering is probably out. I've seen some things, maybe Carolina's in on him. Adam Gold reported that Carolina's not high on him. I've seen conflicting reports on Chickering and Carolina. I've seen more reports that Caroline is interested in Klingberg, which I believe exactly we, we've we've yeah. seen like we've been interested in him for um, since before the deadline, so
0: it, it, it's been o- off and on with Klingberg. So, uh, and he's we'll a good see. player,
1: you know, he's a good player. I think he'd fit in well here. He'd play with Slaven. And I think your defense, you know, if you sign Klingberg, I think your defense is set with the assumption of what else said Gardner's prepped for training camp. So, at that point, you assume Slaven, Klingberg, uh, Shea, Pesci, and then Chatfield and Gardner are your final pair. Maybe you bring back Cole or, or Smith, you know, you get that seven yeah. pair of defense, maybe bear, you know, it could be Gardner, bear Chatfield, bear gardeners a seven. So at that point, you know, you sign guard, you sign bear, you qualify him. And then you sign uh Kleinberg. defense is taken care of. And then you work on nature. So you can bring him back. And then I say, you spend the rest of it on trying to get someone like Goudreau, uh, Or maybe Tarasenko. Yeah, I've heard a lot. You know, I guess no sources with Carolina have confirmed, but sources, you know, in St. Louis have that I guess Tarasenko wants to come to Carolina, and the feelings mutual. So I think that would be huge for Carolina um, to bring in Tarasenko. I think he's got one year left on his deal, so that would be a clear sign. If Carolina goes out to get Tarasenko. you have to think Natchez is involved in that in that trade. So I think that tells you there, if Carolina wants Terasenko, that that says we're gonna win now, regardless of what you know losing Natchez means for the future. And I think that's what they need to do, which is why I, I have some concerns with the moves I've seen Carolina makes so far, and we'll get into that in a couple minutes.
0: Yeah, and a couple more trades happen. Uh, former Canes legend Peter Morassa gets traded uh, to mm. Chicago. That was a cap dump move by Toronto. Same with yeah, and Edmonton. Chicago, goalie. Yeah, same with Edmonton with Zach Cassian, pure dump move uh, to Arizona. And then you have a couple of goalies on the goalie carousel. Um, Ville Huso goes to Detroit. I have actually liked Ville Huso. Yeah. With St. Louis. And uh, mm-hmm. Vita Vannachek goes to New-, New Jersey. So that was stupid
1: on Washington's, too. I thought Vanichuk was the better goalie. But, you know, the Washington really yeah. doesn't have a good goaltending situation. I could see them trying to go after Kemper. Maybe that's why they made the move. So that could yeah. be, that could be, um, moving forward.
0: Yeah. Um, I could see Toronto trying to go in on Kemper after trading Mrazik or maybe circling back to a Jack Campbell.
1: I, I don't expect Jack Campbell to come back to Toronto. I think that relationship is soured and I think it's soured beyond repairs. So Campbell will, will be on the move. I've heard Edmonton is interested. I don't know why anyone would want to go play in Edmonton, but, um, you know, if the money's right, you'll probably play anywhere. So it's possible he goes to Edmonton. Um, I, I don't know what Toronto's going to do. If Campbell walks, they have no goaltender. So they're, they're similar to Carolina, right? So I think they have no choice but to go all in on Darcy Kemper, who is going to be the best goalie available.
0: Yeah. And then we have... The Carolina Tony D'Angelo trade, Uh, Hmm. pretty much the last big trade of the day. Um, I I have mixed feelings about this trade because I know there's and part of it because there are some fans out there that believe that Philadelphia was stupid in acquiring Tony D'Angelo and giving up all those draft picks. Uh, Yeah. But, I mean, from a Carolina perspective, I mean, D'Angelo o- just got reassigned to two years, five and a half million. I mean, mm-hmm. you would think that's feasible for
1: Carolina. Yeah. But, so this deal disappointed me because of what D'Angelo signed for afterwards, two by five. And I believe maybe Carolina could have done two by four and a half and probably gotten it. Because of what we did for him in his career, I, I do believe D'Angelo's loyal in that regard. And even two by five, that's ridiculous to think that's not something we could have done. Klingberg will cost you more. Klingberg will cost you exactly seven to eight. So, you know, okay. Um, D'Angelo's cheaper. Why, why not go there? You know, you have to assume Klingberg's going to want term. So you're telling me you'd rather do seven by seven instead of two by five? If this is all about Aho and Vine and Slavin and Pesci in two years? No, that doesn't make sense to me. Now, but if you look at it from, okay, we paid $1 million, Tony D'Angelo for one year, resurrected his career. We can't make a deal happen. Let's see what we can do. Carolina gets two, three, and a four. Um, okay. Is the, is the haul that we brought in acceptable? Yeah, probably. Is that a move a contending team makes, in my opinion? No. That reminds me a little bit of what a deal Montreal makes. Oh, it sounds like a
0: deal Ron Francis would make.
1: Yeah, bringing in draft picks. And I get draft picks can be used, and maybe that's what this is. Maybe they're working on a trade with St. Louis to bring in Tarasenko, and they had to get some picks in to make it work. Maybe they're looking at doing a... Salary dump uh,
0: with trade yeah. Gardner.
1: Yeah, they could be doing that. They could be looking to do any number of things. They could be looking at trying to call maybe uh tender another offer sheet, you know, maybe another player. There's a couple of really good um RFAs available as well. So and you need those picks to make those high-end, you know, moves. <laughs> um so I think there has to be. You hope that these picks aren't made, you know, aren't the deal wasn't made to have picks to use, but picks to move. And that—that's my thought is the hope that they're going to try and use these picks to trade and not to, to draft. There's no need to make be drafting anybody right now. Carolina needs to win. You had a do. legitimate. I, I don't believe it's the two year window that we're talking about but I believe it's more of a five-year window, and these draft picks aren't going to matter.
0: Exactly. And plus, I think a GM's intention is to expand that window as much as possible. Look like at what Pittsburgh's doing with Crosby and Malkin. Now, Malkin might be no. leaving, of course, but, I mean, if I was Pittsburgh, I'd be doing the same thing, trying to extend it as much as possible. Oh, um, yeah,
1: and that's what you have to do, right? You have to make these moves. I mean, is the Letang signing bad? Absolutely. It's horrific. He's gonna be 41 when the deal expires. It's it's a stupid signing, but that's what a team signs. You know, you're gonna get probably two more years of good Chris Letang, and then three where the contract's blah. But you make these signings to compete. The Dougie Hamilton deal, it's stupid. Eight by nine. Oh my gosh half of that is half to maybe a you know to you know a quarter of it or a third of it's going to be bad but you make these deals there is not a team in the NHL when a rebuild happens that you will not be able to dump the contract so you you have to do this carolina can't be afraid of bad contracts if you are you're never going to win pittsburgh's won cups colorado has won cups Tampa Bay has won cups. Do they have bad contracts? Yeah, they had the Ryan McDonough contract. Not a great contract. What'd they do? They unloaded the deal. Yeah, sign somebody. Sign, sign someone to a long term contract. Throw the money at him. Klages wants to come to Carolina. Okay, what can we do to make it work? For you know, Evgeny Malkin, you want to come to Carolina. What can we do to make it work?
0: Exactly. And again. I- like kind of i think what we said a little bit in the last episode don't treat this to your window as gospel i mean you have more you you can extend that even longer and i just think Mm -hmm. there's too much of a narrow view um in the management like oh, it has to be two years
1: sometimes you have
0: to sometimes you do have to go a little bit longer but on certain players Obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not like Caroline is afraid. Coach Kinyemi and Svechnikov both signed eight-year deals. Exactly. So okay, you know, Aho's gonna want a race and there will be a lot. You know, it won't be a huge race. He's not gonna want 10, might want nine and nine by nine and a half. Okay, we can still afford that, even with it expiring. We'll have those funds. Gap you know, space slaving. will probably
0: go up in a couple years. So yeah,
1: so if Aho wants a million dollar raise. That cap space going up gives you the million dollars to give him a raise. Give him a raise. You want to keep yeah. Aho? I'm not convinced yet that Aho is the direction they're going to go. I think it's dependent on what happens in the next two years. You know what? What does he do to show that he can can really move this team? But if you keep having second round exits, you got to think: Does Carolina think that there's a better way to go? Is Aho a great player? Absolutely. He's an amazing player. But he's he the guy who's going to get you over. You know there will be a lot of questions in two. years. It, there will be a lot of questions in two years. Is that the end oh, of the yeah. window? Absolutely not. But will there be questions? Yes, because Ajo's up, Slaven's up, and I think Rod Brindamore's up too.
0: Exactly. Um, another defenseman I, I, I do want to talk about because um, I mean we're talking about the D'Angelo trade uh, that I actually mentioned to you earlier today is Tyson Berry. I think he checks marks. Everything that the canes actually honestly want. Two-year contract, four point five million. He's done great in terms of the point production for Mm -hmm. any. Oh,
1: yeah. So if you need a quarterback for your power play, you go get him. And then if you choose not to dump Gardner, I mean you can still utilize Gardner as power play QB too. He's an offensive defenseman, so you have him. You bring back Bear, he's similar. You can utilize him as power play QB. Um too as well. So, you know, you, you have options if you bring in either Barry Klingberg. Um, I think I'm probably a little bit more high on Klingberg than I am Barry, but I'm not complaining if you bring in Barry because I think the contract is going to be more friendly oh, in ter- term and, and money. And I also, I like Chikrin, I think more than the the actual organization likes uh, Chikrin, but I don't know which direction they go. I think chicken's the best of it. I think Chickering's is the best defenseman that Carolina could go for, but Tyson Berry and uh, John Klingberg are, are very great options. Great options. I was actually really hoping as well that Letang would hit free, you know, the open market. Cause I would have loved for him to come to Carolina too. But um, yes, I think Carolina makes a trade that benefits the team, whether that's Barry Whether that's Tarasenko, whether it's both, Carolina could do that. Adam Gold seems to feel it's a trade. So the Tarasenko and the Barry deals make sense for what Carolina is known for, where the Klingberg, Malkin, and Giroux don't. But you've seen him. I've seen it's like Carolina's pretty high on Giroux, which would be a shock for Carolina to make that kind of a splash. But he kind of fits the mold too. He's only going to want one, two years, because he wants to compete for Cups. So if Carolina, I think, pitches him that we're going to be a contender, goes against gets Tarasenko, goes and gets Barry, I think that shows so. I mean, you can have it aligned with Ajo Tarasenko and Taravainen, a second line centered by Klaus Giroux with Svechnikov, and, you know, whoever you want to put on that wing, you know, I think you, you know, if you want KK on that wing, I think that's a great line. So I think or if you want jury, so, you know, Carolina, you know, you bring in Tarasenko and your options become Tarasenko, Giroux, your options become extremely good. You know, Jarvis, don't forget Jarvis. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You put Jarvis on that second line with Tar. you know, centered by Claude Giroux, a vet who can help uh, Jarvis really uh, grow and mold into a great hockey player. That's what you need on young teams. You need these veterans. You need Carolina a Justin Williams Stall. type of player. Yeah, yeah. And Jordan Stahl, you know, he's great, but you need someone with offensive capability who can, you know, mentor Jarvis. I think Giroud would be, you know, would be a great player to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and you also touched on Jake Gardner. Uh, to me, that was my real issue when I saw this trade. Mm-hmm. um in the fact that we were willing to uh, trade a player who was worth 5 million dollars in his eyes that can play top 4 minutes and yet we keep a guy who is already getting paid a little bit over 4 million and hasn't proven yeah. yet to be in the top 6 so i just don't understand that it's my question and um also think with this trade too it does make me think, though, I do think we're going to be a little bit active
1: during free agency. I think it's, it's possible. I think you have to be.
0: Well, when, when you only have three defensemen signed. I mean, I think you kind of have to be at least solidify some depth in free well, agency. Well,
1: you have four defensemen. because You do have Chatfield signed. So you've got four. Um, whether you consider Chatfield bona fide NHL or not, you do have Chatfield. You have Joey Keene, and I think you have another one. But, you know, at that point, like, do you expect them playing, you know, NHL minutes? And I think the exactly. answer is no. But I,
0: I, I like Trifield as a seventh defenseman.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I'm actually okay with him as number six. Um, because in my opinion, I think with Caroline's goaltending and the defensive um, acumen for even the, you know, our forwards, I think you can go cheap on defensemen. if you bring in, you know, you, you have to bring in a power play QB one. So you spend that money to get Klingberg, or and Tyson Berry, right? You have to bring one of them in. But if you believe in your offense's, you know, your forward's capability on defense, your goaltender in, you know, Antti Ranta, Freddie Anderson, you know, Kocetkov, and McNamee, I think you have four bona fide, in my mind, potential NHL goaltenders next season. I, I think the I think prioritizing offense is more important than defense. That's my opinion. But you do have to bring in a Chickering, a Berry, a Klingberg. You have zero choice. You have to do that. You have to bring in a top-four defenseman, whether it's free agency or trade. You have no choice. You have to do that.
0: Yeah, so free agency. It's going to be interesting. It, it, it really is. See um, what the Canes... Uh, go for if it's a defenseman or if it's for that um, top six forward. I honestly think Carolina needs a top six f- yeah, goal scoring forward and possibly a top of nine forward. I think that a top of nine forward, to me, that hits the free agent market that I would love for us to sign is Andrew Kopp.
1: Um <laughs> I think Kopp's going to want too much money. But yeah,
0: that's why I'm a little bit afraid of too. I think Kopp wants so,
1: want too much money in term, which he has earned. But I feel you can bring in – I think Giroux is an ideal target for Carolina. Um, I, I really do. I think Malkin is too, unless he's chasing money, not cups. If he's chasing another cup, I think we become a fit for him. My My, my biggest concern with – with – free agency you know if carolina does nothing which is the record right of not doing a whole lot except you know last year they did goaltender well they didn't have a choice yeah <laughs> they, they had did. to get a goalie so if the you know they did goaltending and tony D'Angelo, if carolina doesn't do that i th- you have to expect that they will that tarasenko is now a must accomplish right so I think Carolina has a lot of decisions to make. They only have, oh, I, I want to think, let's see, I believe free agency starts Wednesday.
0: Yeah, th- the 13th.
1: So you have to believe Carolina is going to be doing a lot of conversations, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of things from Elliot Friedman. I've been keeping an eye on Twitter myself.
0: Yeah, um, I have kind of uh, turned oh. notifications on for Friedman, Pierre LeBron, mm-hmm. Darren Dreger, all those type mm-hmm. of players. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. And also, uh, kind of around the same time, as Free Agency is the Prospects tournaments That's going to be happening.
1: Yeah.
0: Other Canes announced. That's going to be interesting. A few of the prospects that we have drafted uh, yesterday, um will be in there. I, I also saw um, when I was looking at the roster, uh, Jacob Slavin's brother is on. Yeah, it. I saw
1: that. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, too. And um, a couple, uh, one more, well, I say one more thing, because we are a little bit running out of time right now, um, is uh, the Kane's full season schedule came out last yeah. week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Are you ready? Brendan Moore, Moore didn't really or wasn't a big fan of the schedule from what
1: I've heard. Oh, really? I must <laughs> yeah. have missed that. What did he say? Uh,
0: he, he just said, I'm not a big fan of the schedule. That's it. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. I, I,
0: th- he, I think he was interviewed on um, the fan. So...
1: Mm. But
0: yeah. I can I, I thought understand. it was a I mean, pretty... Can...
1: Go ahead. I can understand. I mean, <laughs> you're playing the first two months basically on the road. So I get it.
0: Seems like every season's like that, though, with the way PNC schedules its days. For yeah, but the then
1: basically, hurricane games. I mean, after, you know, after Jan- you know, January, February, basically all of February is at home. Uh, March is pretty much at home you know, you're basically playing the rest of the season at, you know, at home. So I think that's great. You don't have your longest home stand appears to be in. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glancing at the schedule now. Uh, looks like it's in February where you have five at home, you got Montreal on Feb 16th, you got the stadium series game on the 18th and, um, You've got St. Louis on the 21st, Ottawa 24th, and Anaheim on the 25th. So, you know, that'll be fun. And the, and the, the biggest one is the stadium series game against the Caps. That's going to be exciting.
0: That is going to be exciting. Well, uh, next week we'll definitely um, be in person. Next yes. week, I'm sure, uh, after uh, a couple of weeks of Zoom, Sure, you guys yep. probably have noticed. Last week, we we're on Zoom as well. Uh, and but, uh, don't
1: forget to stay tuned to our Twitter on yes, the Twitter. 13th, because either Sam or myself will try and keep up with everything. We'll both be at work, but we will do our absolute best to, you know, retweet Elliot Friedman and everyone to keep you up to date on free agency.
0: Okay, guys, you have obviously heard uh, Sam and I talk. Uh, about our opinions on reviewing uh, a little bit of the draft and a lot on what free agency might hold for the Hurricanes. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit about more on the draft on, and specifically on the players that we have drafted. So obviously with our second round pick, which was our first pick of the draft, we selected Glib. Now, again, uh, some of these names are a little bit hard to pronounce, so forgive uh, my mispronunciation if I mispronounce them wrong. Uh, But Trikazov, he's obviously a Russian player, one of the many Russian players that we have drafted in this particular class, Um, and, and he has played in the MHL, a winger obviously and he's six foot one. So he has some size, as I mentioned before in last week's episode, I do think, uh, what the Canes needed to, um, select in the draft is players with some size. So he definitely has some size that he can bring to the NHL. He's known for his playmaking and, and his vision. So he's really good at reading the play, really good at uh, decision-making when pressured in in his own zone, and really good at making those passes too. The only thing that he lacks and the thing that he actually needs to improve on is his strength. Uh, He needs to not uh, get pushed over that much. He needs... when. When he has the puck, think a little bit along with the lines of how Jake being played the puck. He he feels a little bit soft, uh, but he needs to build that strength. He also needs to improve on his explosive skating, which basically meaning that he needs to uh, get around the defense and. I do want to be careful on when I say explosive skating. It's not that his skating is bad. It's just that he's not... I would say his speed is the issue more than his skating. He needs to get around the defense a little bit faster. It's what these scouts have said. And he has top six potential, too. Uh, There were a lot of drafts that have selected uh off uh going in the late first round so I think the hurricanes did pretty good in selecting Gleb off uh, Here are some stats of his last season in uh 35 games. This is the regular season. He got 23 goals, 22 assists for 45 points. That is really good. It's well above a point per game. And in the playoffs, he showed that too. In 13 games, he has showed 10 goals, 8 assists, and 18 points. So this guy looks like he has pretty high potential. It's just a matter of getting there and working on those weaknesses revolving around his strength and just getting behind the defense a little bit more quicker. Now, the uh, next player, who is also Russian, his name is Alexander Perevolov. Now, again, I could have butchered that, but he played for the Loco team. I'm not going to pronounce the rest of that, because that was a little bit hard to say, but he also plays in the same league of the MHL in Russia. Russia. An- another winger. He's a little bit smaller than off He's six foot. And he is known for uh his skating and his puck handling and his shot. So this guy is a pretty good finisher, and it does show a little bit in his stats. And as we will get to that. The only thing that Prevalov needs to work on is a little bit of his hockey sense, and specifically, the scouts were saying that it's his awareness and his decision making that needs to be worked on. Kind of like um, what I was saying about Trukhizov is with his uh, vision, and that Trukhizov played very well under pressure. He knew when to make the right plays. Uh, but with Prevolov, he needs to work on that. And the good thing about him is that he still has that top six potential. Uh, during the season, in 42 games, he had 25 goals, 25 assists, and 50 points. Another player who is above a point per game. And in the playoffs... For his team in nine games, he got three goals, one assist, and four points. Now, he wasn't as fantastic as Trick is Off, but he still proved that he is a natural goal scorer, he can finish the puck pretty well. And he was picked in the third round at 71st overall in uh, this past draft. Now in the fourth round, we picked a guy, uh, 101st overall, in Simon Forsmark. Now, I'm not going to talk a lot about him because I actually talked about him in our past draft as a possibility of who the Canes could pick up. But um, we, did, we did gain another fourth round pick in a trade that Sam and I talked about. And he that person was Cruz Lucius, and he's American, not part of the Russian players that we have selected in this draft, and he's also a winger. He played for the uh, U.S. team and the U18 team, so he played with a few teams, obviously. Uh, He's uh, the same size as Prevlov, he's six foot, and the one thing that he is really known for that scouts have said is that he is known for being a very good playmaker, um, but he also seriously needs to work on his skating. Uh, his skating is more of an issue than tr- tricks off skating was when I was reading the reports of the scouts. Like his skating is something that really does need to be worked on uh, just his and part of the skating that goes along with it too his agility and and maneuveral and how to maneuver around the ice now he's committed to playing for University of Wisconsin for next year. So, he's not going to be an NHL player by any means of next season. But here are some of his stats here. In 39 games, he has 16 goals, 17 assists, and 33 points. He did not play in any playoff games. Another thing that scouts did agree on, though, is that he's projected as a top-nine forward. And that's kind of, I would say, decent. For a fourth round pick, because obviously when you go round after round, you're not going to get that star-strutted player uh, that you'd be uh, getting in the first or second round when you picked a player in the seventh. So that's just kind of the idea for the you Canes fans that don't really know much about the draft. Uh, One thing that Waddell did say about the drafts is that a lot of these players are like darts and that the more darts you fire um, on the uh, targets, the more chances you have of landing that superstar talent because that's what everybody is aiming for. Now the next player is another Russian played in the MHL as well, and that is Vladimir Grudenin. He's a little bit of a small uh player, 5'10, and this time he actually plays on defense than he is of a forward. He's mainly known uh for his skating and his defensive zone coverage. In fact, um I know Elite Prospects rated him as one of the best. Four way mobility in the draft. Uh, his skating has been that superb. The only thing that he needs to work on is every aspect of his offensive production. So, playmaking, getting the puck behind the nets, that's sniperish ability. But he is a defenseman, so I think some of that is a little bit more. Relax on him and not as pressured, but we'll see how uh, Vladimir Grudenen does. He's projected as a top six NHL defenseman. Um, I, I honestly don't know once you get into the fifth round if he is going to make that potential, but you never know. Kind of like what I said about uh, the darts the more players, the more darts you have landing that bullseye. Um, and in the season. In 36 games, he had 3 goals, 14 assists, 17 points. So the stats kind of do reflect what the scouts have been saying about this guy. Kind of like a Jacob Slavin type of player, he's not going to pinch that much. He's mainly going to be what he's good at, and that is his defense. The next player that we selected in the sixth round is uh, Jacob Vondras, who played for the Czech team, and this guy is actually a goalie. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to get a lot of information on this guy. I was only able to get the stats, and he seems like a promising goalie. He does, but again, you never n- know how this guy's going to be projected out to be. In 18 games, he has won 16 and lost two of them with a save percentage of 926. That's really good. With his second team, he had 11 games, six wins, three losses, and 915 save percentage. And he was also in the playoffs with that second team. In 16 games, and he had 10 wins, 5 losses, with a 9.35 save percentage. So, those are promising stats. The only thing is we don't know if he's going to be an NHL goalie or not. If he does, that is excellent. But you also have to be realistic with some of these players, especially if you're drafting in the 6th round. Now, the final player I'm going to be talking about in the 7th round... Alexander Pevlin, most likely not going to be playing the NHL, but I will tell you a little bit about his game here. He's a defenseman. He played for Chayeka. Again, he is a uh, Russian type of player here. His height is uh, five foot eleven, so a little bit of a small defenseman, which kind of does make me think he's not going to make the NHL. But again, you never know with some of these prospects. And he's known to be another shutdown defenseman, a little bit like Vladimir Grudenin. The only thing that he is really praised on, though, other than that shutdown ability, is that he's really good at moving the puck. But uh, but other than that, that's pretty much it. And he, a lot of scouts have said that the biggest thing that he needs to work on, Pelvinen, is his hockey sense. And he doesn't really have that offensive upside. And it shows in the stats. In 29 games, he had three goals, five assists for eight points. So these are some of the players that Hurricanes drafted. Uh, we'll see how they turn out to be remember um if you like this episode please subscribe hit that like button uh give us a rating uh if you give us all that stuff that'd be great um i am sam wallace i'm sam Driscoll. and have a nice week guys
1: see you later